Welcome to Roundtill Radio, the podcast from Roundtill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How you doing? So far, so good. Excellent. And you? I'm doing well. Oh, good. Yeah, fresh start to the week. It's mm-hmm. very brisk outside. Mm-hmm. I feel compelled now to start every podcast with a weather report. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> It settles our nerves. I think so. You know, when in doubt, talk about the weather. Yep. <laughs> There's frost out there. So we realized that this is actually our last podcast about the compassion series we've yes. been doing. Yeah. Because next week, we're going to have a very special episode, which was the um, lecture by Will Berger. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. And then we're going to start into sort of Advent Christmassy topics. Yes, indeed. So today we're going to finish up on compassion. So what's the biggest takeaway Hmm. you have from our time discussing compassion? Well, first of all, I guess I would, I would say I'm really grateful that we did this uh, series and uh, compassion finds a way seems like a great, right? Kind of mantra for the time. Um, But I guess I would say the biggest takeaway for me is that uh, is how much we time we spent and thinking we did about self-compassion mm-hmm. and how that creates the necessary grounding to reach out to the world with love. I think our tendency is to see need and to see people in, in a state of crisis and to want to reach out right away, react. And uh, that's a recipe for burnout, which pastors often learn the hard way. Um, And so I've really been thinking deeply about this notion of self-compassion because at the same time that we've explored this series over almost three months now, um, I've also, I was also taking a class in racial resilience. So this is about, it was a course really designed for clergy and some lay leaders to help us think about how we are better prepared for conversations about race in our country. And the two individuals who led that discussion, Dr. Seth Shane and Chris Carter, who are from the organization Racial Resilience, spent a lot of time talking with us about grounding. Mm -hmm. And grounding is really one way of talking about self-compassion. Make sure that you are grounded in a secure sense of being beloved because it's from that base that you can reach out to the world. That's so interesting because I think sometimes we think <clears throat> of that image as being a cup. Like we fill the cup, we pour yeah. from the cup, we fill from the, you know, and mm-hmm. that's sort of this almost transaction, transactional, is that the word? Yeah, um, that's a great expression of compassion mm-hmm. to ourselves and to others. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's something more fundamental yeah. than fill, pour, fill, pour, fill, pour. I like that because that rhythm of fill, pour, fill, pour is kind of wearing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it feels like there's always, it feels like there's not a deep underground reservoir that's always there. Right. There's right. a finite amount. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that we almost always have to grab it externally in order to mm-hmm. kind of juice ourselves up. This is why I've actually never been fond of the image that people will use when they'll talk about coming to worship as it's time to recharge the batteries. Oh yeah. Right. Because right. the problem with that is that now the battery, you know, kind of goes dead by Tuesday. You've got a, <laughs> a while to wait. Uh-oh. 
But also it's, it's all about recharging my batteries, whereas sometimes that, it's the experience of coming together that's the really special part of worship. Right. Um, and it's about many things, not just, not just recharging batteries. But if there's a deep underground reservoir that there, that's there all the time, then the question is really about trust. Do I trust that's that that that's there, right. and then rely upon that without having to you know go off and get something new all the time? Yeah, and it's also you know this idea that I almost wonder you know when it feels like you're pouring from something that is of a certain volume, mm-hmm. right? To continue with this, that almost makes you want to protect that in mm. a way. You'd be like, oh no, I have to save this for that. Or I have to save this for, or I can't be generous. Great insight. Um, you know, it, kind of, kind of, kind of make our protective instincts maybe kick in a little bit. Like I don't have to protect myself and I can't right. maybe give as much as I want. Yeah. We talk about protecting our time, right? Mm-hmm. Our energy, our, whatever it is. Right. And um, in fact, I think part of the great spiritual message over the years, um, and this is, I think, reflected to us in many different spiritual traditions, is that this inner reservoir is always there waiting for us. Mm. And so it's not like we need to protect it. We need to lean into it. We need to rely upon it. I was just thinking about a story that Howard Thurman told. He's the great African-American teacher. We've talked about him in the past. And he went to seminary in Rochester, New York, and uh, this was at the time when the Erie Canal was really, you know, a vibrant economic force in New York State. And he was walking very late one night through the city of Rochester, and he could hear rushing water, except there was no water around. Huh. So he mentioned later to someone, and they said, oh yeah, that's a part, where the, part of the Erie Canal that goes under a street. And so he did hear rushing water. (laughs) And I've always thought that was such a great image of the the flowing water is always there. And Mm -hmm. we're sometimes walking right over it and not acknowledging it. Sure. Right? So it is true that physically we have to really take good care of ourselves because our energy does get depleted. Mm -hmm. You know, just physiologically that happens. But but there's also a sense, it, it just changes the way I look at the world when I think that there's already an energy that's always coming to me that's always there. Yeah. Uh, that I don't have to manufacture it or try to own it or, as you say, protect it. Yeah. I like that well image a lot. Mm. As a Scottish person, it gives me great joy to have well water in my house. Oh, I'm nice. like, the earth is giving me my water, not right. the city. <laughs> Yeah. Which causes its own problems. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, yep. They both have challenges. <laughs> you know, they all have challenges. But it's, it's like, to me, it feels so magical, right? Which I, I realize know. is the fundamental way we've all gotten water before. Right. Um, right. But it's just such a cool thing, I think, too. Yeah. You know, I really like how the term self-compassion has, in a way, replaced for me self the idea of self-care because mm. self-care always felt a little like like oh we'll get a massage or something it's a little clinical right a, too it just feels a little i <laughs> the only word i can think of is icky it's <laughs> icky because it just it feels in ah it feels indulgent oh that's interesting that's the yeah. word i'm going for because it's like oh in order to re- recharge or whatever, like right. go take a bath or go get a massage. Uh-huh. And it guess that that doesn't like very nice things, but is that really what you need? Right. I do think that there is this concern. Uh, you know, we become guilty so easily. And I do think that there is this concern, which by the way, doesn't help anybody with mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> 
The concern is that when we're showing self-compassion that we are being indulgent. Mm. But in fact, what we want for all people is an opportunity to be um, you know, nurturing of oneself so that we can be yeah. a source of light. You know, not a source, but a, so that we can express good energy to the world. Yeah. But I, I very much, I remember that conversation early on when you raised that, that concern. And I, I agree, I've moved away from the phrase self-care into self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more reflective, I think, when in the, in the New Testament when it says, be compassionate as God is compassionate. First of all, that's a pretty lofty job description. That's, yeah. but, it, but it doesn't say be self-caring as God is self-caring. <laughs> Seems truer to the text. Yeah. Right? Well, I think it encapsulates so much because it's about being kind to yourself. Right. And in a culture and a time when it feels like we are so quick to judge Mm. ourselves and others. Right. That starting from a place of, you know, self kindness, Mm -hmm. I think helps others. Like sometimes I notice if, if, um, if my judginess, starts getting a little carried away, I notice it's because I've been judging myself and mm. I've been really hard on myself and it starts to sort of spill over into other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not, let's pull that back. Yeah, You know, that, that if I find, if I find myself like making a snap judgment about something or mm-hmm. being unkind, it's, it's, it's the result of a pattern mm-hmm. of me being unkind to myself. Mm. Well, there's a great connection between that in, in part of Karen Armstrong's book, 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life, where she, she says that a key part of practicing compassion is awareness. Mm. And when we're aware of, of doing that to ourselves, we can become better aware of the likelihood that we'll also do it to someone else. Sure. So we get to practice on ourselves all the time. Which is nice. Right? And right. to become more observant of ourselves and therefore kinder to ourselves. Sure makes a big difference. Yeah. And I mean, so much, I feel like in today's world, we talk about habits. Mm -hmm. Habits is a big part of the conversation. And so if you're in the habit of self-compassion, you're in the habit of compassion. Right. And that means you're going to probably treat everybody else with probably more compassion by default. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I think there's a connection here between this... uh, you know, trusting in this force and receiving it and therefore expressing it with the phrase that we've been using in the autumn about letting the light shine in and mm. right, letting the light shine out. Yeah. So Jesus says, you are the light of the world. We've been talking a lot about how to solarize the campus of Round Hill Community Church by adding 280 solar panels. But that's really all about letting the sun shine in. Yeah. And when that happens, a lot of other good things happen, Mm -hmm. right? Then you give the earth a break because you're using renewable energy and it's always there. It's another example of something that's always coming towards us. And now we get to orient ourselves to receive it so that it's good for us in a lot of different ways. It's such an exciting project. Mm, Um, It is. In worship yesterday, we celebrated Sunshine Sunday, Mm -hmm. and we talked about this exciting project. And I have to say, it was accidental, but then I realized it after. So as the congregational benediction, we all sang, this is a light of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, our wonderful children's ministry uh, team suggested that we bring the kids back in for it. And we gave them little, like, maracas, and they were so into shaking their maracas. They were They were stoked. Made a sound. (laughs) I loved it. But I think, for me... The image of us singing about light, letting our light shine, 
and then seeing the kids who are part of the future, mm. who are the future of our earth, who yep. are the future of our church, and that this project is not only for us now, it's for those ones. Yeah. And that yeah. I was I realized that after the fact and I was like, oh that that was cool. Yeah. That was isn't cool. that a great connection? Just to celebrate them and that we're doing this not only for ourselves, we're doing it for them. Yeah. You know? We sure are. And I, I think about what a privilege it is to do something for people we will never meet. You know, in this case, we know them, which yeah. is great. But we're also doing this for people we will never meet. Mm. We'll never know. Yeah. And I just love that arc of goodness, you know, that, that has been, we've been on the receiving end of that, yeah. right? From those who've gone before us. Now we get to extend that out a little bit further into the future. Yeah. And it's, it's what Native Americans talk about, you know, as doing goodness unto the seventh generation. Mm. And that's quite a thought. That is. To do something that's so good and lasting that it reverberates out for seven generations. That's amazing. But I had that same feeling yesterday. I think we've been sort of stifled here in the last couple of years in terms of how do we engage purpose right. and meaning? And when you're engaged in a project like this, especially with this, you know, this uh, the climate change conference has been going on in Glasgow, Scotland here over the past couple of weeks. So here we are right in the midst of that conference taking place, mm -hmm. um, really harnessing our resources to do something that's good for, you know, as you say, the children who were there yesterday. It's like giving them a leg up for the future. Yeah. As well as those we'll never get to know. But yeah. What a great example of faith that is i think i think it's, it's so exciting it's very exciting and i just I realized it. i've <laughs> this is very silly but i realized i've never played a solar powered uh pipe organ before <laughs> so that's cool <laughs> now there's something to look forward to i mean i well, love it it's, it's a little things but that i was like oh that's you, neat you need a little sign this organ is powered by the sun by the sun wow that's fun. Think of the sounds that will come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty similar to the other ones. <laughs> yep. Which are wonderful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, so the, it's such, yeah, it's a wonderful, you know, looking to the future and that, and that compassion for all the generations yeah. ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were celebrating a baptism yesterday, right? So yeah. there's a little child who's being held by her parents, but also being held and welcomed by the whole community. Yeah. And part of that, practically speaking, is saying, we're going to do everything in our power, at least I hope we are, to make life as receivable as possible for that mm -hmm. child. You know, mm -hmm. So when she's 21 years old, wouldn't it be amazing if she's active at Round Hill Community Church yeah. and she's walking into a sanctuary that has all that solar energy? And who knows, by that time... Maybe we'll have geothermal energy, you know, that's part of the campus's uh, environmental makeup. And, I, and I love that, you know, we talk about being a green church, and I feel like we are really making that part of the DNA mm. of who we are right. and our goals and how we, you know, it's, it's the boring stuff mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. can sometimes make such a big difference. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah, people may not see you changing those lights, you know, to get LED lights and the recycling. We're talking about developing a compost station yes. and pollinator gardens. And those are all things that are actually in the mix and, and happening. Mm -hmm. And not to mention all the little, as you say, kind of boring stuff that's yeah. been going on the last two years. But it adds up. It does. And 
I think what I've been learning, and this is another way of thinking about compassion, it's the the smaller things that we can all do on an individual basis are important. Mm-hmm. No question about that. They, they add up. But a solarization project has a pretty big impact, in our case especially, because we have so much roof space. Right. And so when we had 280 panels, you know, that makes a statement. And that, and that really changes the way we relate to the earth. In fact, just a little one fun fact here. Please do. Uh, the amount of energy an average solar-powered system produces each year is equivalent to planting around 50 trees, wow. which is a lot considering a 30-year-old tree absorbs around 193 pounds of carbon dioxide each year. So that's a big, that's an impact. Right. And so we're we're doing everything from the little to the large, and we just hope we'll keep going from strength to strength. And I think it's a strong statement for those that, you know, how many hundreds of people drive past our campus every day. Yes. And they're yeah. going to see that, and that's like, oh, okay. You yeah. Know, got some things happening. Something's happening there, and hopefully uh, they may say, I want to be part of that. Yeah, we love that. We have actually a new friend who's joined, who's been coming to church, who just drove by one day, which <laughs> is my favorite right. thing ever. I loved it when, you know, we asked him how he came. He said, yeah, just, just happened to be driving by just and driving wondered by. what's going on in that church. Oh. Well, come and find out. What a, I mean, what a <laughs> gift to us this person has oh, been. Oh, my goodness. So kind, yeah. so wonderful. So it's so, so fun. <laughs> well, Ed, if you can believe we are almost at Thanksgiving. Oh, amazing. Do you have any... Um, Thanksgiving thoughts for us as we're kind of not going to do a Thanksgiving episode. You know, Thanksgiving to me is one of those permanent practices, right? It's something we want to have going on in our lives mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, I guess I would say, since it is one of those practices, I've come up with a little sentence that I'm using to help me keep the energy of compassion moving, which are which is this. What are the practices that make possible our purposes, Mm. right? What Mm -hmm. are the practices that make possible our purposes? And if our purpose is to really help create the beloved community on earth, then the practice of thanksgiving is important to that because it opens us up to all the generosity that's been shown to us, and then it calls us to be generous in return. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a perfect place to end. Blessings. So thank you one and all for watching. Round, oh, I can't do this one in the room. Round of Radio, I'm being awkward, is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundtown Community Church. Bye.